Thank you very much for downloading this episode of Happy Times and Places, which was recorded before certain newspaper revelations about cast members of this story. Welcome to this omnibus edition of Happy Times and Places, a pathetically optimistically world-viewed podcast in which I, Toby Haydock, try to be positive throughout whilst commentating upon a Doctor Who story and trying to guess what my special guest's favourite things about it are. Hello, my name's Jenny, I'm Bluebox99 on Twitter. Toby's very kindly asked me to join in his podcast where he has to guess which moments I've picked from a Doctor Who story. Um, so I've loved Doctor Who since I was very little in the 70s and the story I've chosen because quite a lot of other stories had been taken up already for the classic Who ones so I thought I'd do a new Who. So my favourite new Who um, from the first series which was Christopher Reckleston's series is Bad Wolf Parting of the Ways. I thought it was amazing because the special effects were just unreal to me because seeing it in the 70s and seeing it now, um, it's just incredible, the difference. And I love both, but it just mind-blowing to see the special effects that they had created for all the episodes in the new series. It's incredible. Well, thank you, Jenny. Uh, who's afraid of the big bad wolf? I've fired this up on iPlayer, which means I might have trouble with credits at the end. Just keep an eye out for that. Um, for those of you who have been regular followers of this podcast slash videocast, that's, that's a running thing uh, that will pay off in the season finale. Um, it largely just means that I'll just be annoyed with the credits again. It's not quite as sophisticated as what we're about to see. Anyway, you may have it on shiny disc or as a microchip inserted into your brain. However you want to do it, uh, it's about to play the recap from uh, the season that has built up to this. So I'm going to press play in three, two, one. Uh, so this, um, uh, Bad Wolf, the penultimate episode of the comeback season of Doctor Who, what a time to be alive. Uh, and this felt like, obviously, this this was a, a, a surprise, actually, to have a... Oh, OK. We, we knew it was going to be called Bad Wolf. That was announced in the Radio Times. Uh, and I, I remember getting messages from a couple of mates going, oh, have you seen the title for uh, the, the penultimate episode? Because I think that was held back until that publication. Um, and so we knew this had been building to something because... I I'd spent quite a lot of time on forums. I don't I don't go on them anymore. <laughs> Life has changed a little bit, um, so as for, so are forums I think. But it was a real lifeline between the episodes, and there was something terribly exciting about seeing, you know, what people had to say. And there were a few spoiler-free reviews early in the season as well. I remember Jason Arnup did very very good ones that 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 gave you a taste of, because you, you were consuming it all. And somebody had heard Big Bad Wolf being said by the mocks of Balhoon and I think had mentioned it and said oh what's this and, and and people picked up on it very quickly and so I'd noticed that I can't can't say I'd necessarily noticed the line in the episode myself particularly can't remember now but then of course um uh, the scene between Gwyneth and uh, Rose in in the next story in the unquiet dead you went ah okay this is something to look 
out for. So this was all now, and 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 we knew this was this is this is very much of the time, isn't it? Uh, 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 the, you know, Big Brother was absolutely massive, and Doctor Who for for me uh, you know growing up had not been the thing that cool people liked big brother was mainstream was huge so the idea that my geeky little show uh was now big enough that it could be sort of associated with the thing that everybody watched and everybody talked about of course everyone was watching and talking about doctor suddenly it was like <laughs> such a great that's such a great gag to start with. This was huge. This was like Doctor Who has st has rightfully pushed its way back into where it had been when I w was born and when I was aware of it as a as a tiny child, and whereas and that had been lost somehow. And of course, the wilderness years when it was a bit of a joke. Doctor Who, in the space of what twelve thirteen weeks on telly, was suddenly going no. Uh, you know, we are embedded in popular culture so much so that we can invoke the things that, you know, everybody... And I watched Big Brother. It was a guilty pleasure. I, I got bored of it fairly quickly. <laughs> what, I think we watched the first three series. <laughs> um, but I'm not, I'm, I'm no snob. I, you know, I, I'm, I can watch, you know, popular culture and reality TV and Question Time. I used to say I could watch Big Brother and Question Time. I actually watch neither now because um, I don't even know if Big Brother's on, but Question Time's gone off as well. Things have changed. We call this new who. It's actually 15 years ago. The cultural landscape has changed. My God, I've been through, uh, you know, lots of changes in my personal life. I haven't seen this for ages, but it was so exciting. Patterson Joseph was an actor that... Um, uh, you know, was very. He's, I say, was he still still around? But it, it, it I, I'd, I'd seen him in loads of plays at the Royal Exchange here. Uh, he was the sort of actor that you're going, oh yeah, this. He's somebody who should be in Doctor Who. So it seemed quite right that he was coming for the season finale. Uh, he was very current, and he went on to do some some big stuff and has sustained a, a marvelous career. Um, very really good actor, uh, and I've seen him on stage. He's he's got such a presence uh, and yeah so of course the weakest link and this is the sort of thing that that everybody watched so again doctor who uh you know th this is the beatles in the chase isn't it well, not, is it not quite i don't know but the android what a what a good joke um and it felt like affirmation from the mainstream but of course doctor who, when when it is part of the mainstream also satirizes the mainstream and 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 brings its own special daft magic to the mainstream um and captain jack hadn't been in it long and, and he just suddenly fitted into the whole thing remember when captain jack was announced i was like, i don't really like the sound of him he's i want doc two and a companion i don't want this i don't know who this guy is and 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 john barrowman had associations with musical theatre and and just like, well I, I, that doesn't seem right and of course he immediately um came in and, and fitted like a glove I, th I think whenever anything is announced it worries me <laughs> so <laughs> i'm not necessarily speaking for all doc two fans when i say i wasn't that bothered about because captain jack as a concept was announced very very early on even though it's a late edition um there, there was a there was a call that they, they, they did they did want to 
show is bottom, I think. And I'm glad Doctor Who doesn't do nudity. And I, and I think the joke works without you seeing his bottom. And it's got a very cheeky charm. He's so he's so charismatic and funny, isn't he? Um, now, Joe Joyner, I love in this. She's a terrific uh, actress. And funnily enough, this is going to sound like one of my... I, I'd not been very well, and I'm, I met a mate of mine, an actor called Francis McGee, who's one of my oldest acting friends in town, and we went for a drink, and I was really poorly, actually. My skin was... I'd get very bad psoriasis. Not, not long before this, and, um, and he'd been in a thing called No Angels with her, and actually, on the way to the pub... We bumped into her and he said, oh, this is Joe Joyner. I was like, oh, hello. Blah, blah. We just, it was just a, and then I, I think literally two weeks later, it was announced that she was going to be in the Doctor Who season finale. And I felt like Doctor Who was following me around. I've always sort of felt that. And I know that's purely my imagination. Uh, it's just that, you know, we see patterns in the things that we think about all of the time. And I sort of think about Doctor Who all of the time. Um Um, so yes, oh, so of course we don't actually know how they've arrived. So we've got this brilliant flashback with Rose just reaching out. It's the economy with which this stuff is done, it it, it doesn't take it, you know, it doesn't, doesn't hang about throwing us into the story. Um, a sweet little Linda, he's quite mean. He's, um, and that's, that's him in, that's him in a, in a reflection isn't it he's slightly distorted there it's a very clever shot i love linda with a y um I, is she going to be one of my favorite things she might be although there's that scene in the next episode we'll take that when we get to it um and russell t davis isn't putting big brother in to take the mickey out of it um a lot of people had their cake and eat it with Big Brother. Is that it, certainly comics? You know, it was a thing that we'd all go on stage and slag off and get all watched religiously. Um, and it is, you know, it's a very interesting concept, um, Big Brother. Uh, um, you know, as which as a societal experiment um, is quite fascinating. I'd be interested to take part in something where I lived in a house and was monitored every day. I just wouldn't want it to be broadcast. So the idea of how you rub along with people and, and uh, is, is very interesting. Of course, it's great for, for Doctor Who. Um, but, to, but to turn everyday competition like this, a, 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 a sort of si a silly game show uh, into a deadly thing is a very Doctor Who thing. It's a telephone wire that can kill you. It's a murderous daffodil. It's, uh, 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 you know, it's... It, Killer, killer gooseberries, or you know, all of those things that Doctor Who has had. That's Seeds of Doom. Um, uh, Billy Piper is so good in this. <laughs> As are all the contestants, um, most of whom have a, I have have a little story uh, about. I have to say, um, which just goes to show the brilliance of the casting of this. Sebastian Armesto, who was what got two or three lines uh is is a superb actor um this must have been one of his first jobs i've seen him on stage at the national um he's he's since starred in Broadchurch, and he's been in one of the star wars films dominic burgess there as agarax is in america he was in the good place playing an australian he was also in feud 
Uh, so he must have nipped over to, to, to America and started to make a career there. Karen Winchester as Fitch, I think, is brilliant. It's not a very big part, and you can and and she invests it with so much. Her emotion is brilliant, um, especially in the face of you know Rose's to them very odd reaction. Um, uh, and I, I seem to remember calling one of the commentaries for this because these these are the days when Doctor was. Um, I think I think there are about like nine commentaries an episode of Red Button one a DVD one. No, there was always a, there was a couple anyway. Um, so, so you know, there's there's definitely a market for more Doctor Who commentaries, especially with people that have never that aren't in the episodes in question. Toby, um, uh, but I remember Russell T Davis praising Karen Winchester as Fitch and saying, "Oh, we'll definitely have her back because she's good." She never came back. That's that's the acting profession for you. Um, you could be good and the b- bosses can think you're fantastic, but then, you know, there's not an opportunity or they forget or whatever. Um, she turned up in an episode of The Bill not long afterwards and was equally good in that, playing a sort of generic role of the week and, and doing a lot more with it. So I, I, I haven't seen her in anything recently. I haven't looked her up. I don't prepare for these because I put all my preparatory work into the other podcasts I do. Plug, too much information which takes forever to do, and uh, Indefinable Magic uh, are my other two podcasts. Do check them out. She's really good. This is crying real tears. Good performance. And Rose's reaction is is brilliant. And Rose doesn't realise she's condemned somebody to death. Um, but she's great because she's sowing compassion, even though she she only thinks she's kicked somebody off a game, and she doesn't quite understand. We, we, she's so good, Billy Piper. Um, I I think sometimes we I, I I'm talking purely for myself. Um, take the core ingredients of Doc Two for granted. This is such a great idea. It's a killer game show, Rose. That's what you're in. Uh, And actually, do you know what? <laughs> Probably a floor manager on a killer game show would be just that sort of cool and dispassionate. <laughs> it's a ruthless industry, you know. <laughs> and it's interesting because I thought of Patterson Joseph because he's such a dignified uh, man and, and an actor of, of of a lot of presence. In fact, he was playing somebody called Woderick, I thought was quite interesting. It wasn't the sort of part I expected him to turn up in. So, yeah, Sebastian Armesto. As I've, yes, I've seen him on stage at the National. I've seen his willy. Um, I mean, he was he was attached to it. It wasn't a, it wasn't a solo performance. It didn't give its own performance in uh, a, a play at the National um, uh, called A Woman Killed with Kindness that also had Gilbert Wynn from the Crotons in it. How do you remember the plays that you've seen at the National Theatre, Toby? Which members of the cast of Doctor Who were in it? Uh, Liz White was in it too. I went to see it with my friend Sean O, uh, who I haven't seen for ages because I'm in lockup. Hello, Sean O. I'm thinking about my friends today, actually. Um, people that I haven't seen for a year. Uh, and I suppose maybe the, the idea that we're, that we're, we're, we're cooped up. I, I really love the performance of Jamie Bradley in the middle as uh, he, he is uh, absolutely the sort of person that would be in Big Brother. And that false smile that he does, and that's very clever editing because they've got that's a very good piece of acting. He does that sort of that 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 smile of relief that it's not him and then his face immediately becomes like really sincere uh 
You're so <laughs> He's pitch perfect, and I haven't seen him in anything else. Um, uh, <laughs> and he's he's perfect casting. Um, and without it being a comic performance, it's a very comic performance because he's so sincere. Um, I, I think if you wanted to encapsulate reality television in one sort of personality type, it, it would be him. Because he's like so friendly, but actually you know that he'd stub you in the back in, in a minute's time. <laughs> so I salute you, Jamie Bradley. Somebody did send me a link once to something. Did he have a... Did he, was he selling vegetables? Have I imagined that? Growing vegetables? I don't know. Um, but, of course... Um, once the reveal is there... Um, I, I do question in retrospect their behaviour. Um, now, obviously, they're playing it as if she's going to die because we sort of have cottoned on now. But I, I think some of the behaviour prior to this, I think you've got to do some mental gymnastics to retcon their... their but he does that. You see, he does the serious stuff too. I'm a Jamie Bradley fan. Um, I don't know anything about him. Apart from some veg window boxes? I don't know. I don't research this bit. Um, but somebody sent me a link once because th that's what happens to me. I'm the sort of person, somebody goes, I found something out about the Doctor Who person. I'll send it to Toby. I love these two. And uh, and they don't have, it's interesting because I remember reading Russell at the time saying about the uh, the male programmer and the female programmer is that uh, I, I wanted to give people big stories and not give them names um, because... Uh, you know, something to be said about sort of supporting characters. We don't even know their names, and yet we watch them sort of fight and die. Except, of course, he does have a name. It's called Davidge Pavel, but not in the credits. He's just credited as a male programmer. I, I'd, I'd seen Joe Stone Fewings in a production of Henry VI uh, that the RSC did, um, and he was... Not everybody was audible, I have to say, uh, and he was very, very good playing one of the supporting parts, and I'd, I'd noted him, and I think also because he's from... Hereford, which is not far, or he went to Hereford Cathedral School, which is not far from where I grew up. Um, uh, so I was quite pleased to see him turning up again. I was sort of like, oh, he's followed me from Henry VI, except nobody else from that production of Henry VI was in that season of Doctor Who, so not really. But he was one of the ones I'd noticed in it. Um, and he, uh, and he's, yeah, he's excellent. Uh, both of them are Anisha and Nea, the other programmer, had been, I believe, an extra in Paradise Towers. Um, so uh, is, is a connection with the... It's one of the Kangs. So a, a connection with the, with the previous iteration of Doctor Who. He's... Uh, uh, what, like this? He's... Um, I, I like it when... Uh, because Eccleston is unlike any of... Well, Tom Baker had a sort of obtuse danger about him, but there's, there's something you know genuinely sort of hard <laughs> genuinely nails and a bit uh, 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 get a bit of bother from uh, from from uh, the ninth doctor and so I quite like it when he when he brings that aspect of him to the fore because it's it's one that perhaps his doctor has more than any other oh and of course we haven't even mentioned Trini and Susanna um, uh, and I you know to um, it, these work because they're you know they're they're deadly robots, and that's a very that's a very 
naughty but a good joke. And again, I'm I'm not really a a, a south of the belly button humour kind of guy, um, but that's cheeky. That's funny. It's great. Um, <laughs> um, oh dear, she didn't even get it. Yeah, poor old Colleen um, has been zapped. Um, Jenna Russell, of course. Jenna Russell is the floor manager. Um, is accidentally missed off the credits next episode, which I would be livid about, uh, went on to be the other Michelle Fowler in EastEnders, but also sang the theme tune to Red Dwarf. There we are. Um, Roderick's horrible, isn't he? <laughs> um, bad, bad Wolf. Of, oh, we've got to talk about Bad Wolf as well. Well, which was just a sort of theme thread through the series for for the uh, the the viewer uh, who is who's keeping an eye. Oh, we we do get we do get a a, a flashback to some of the, the bad wolf moments, um, even even to a bit that uh, Rose wouldn't have seen. Um, but that's the and of course this is a first really because I know the key to time season in classic who had had. Uh, a sort of umbrella theme and there was the East Base bit in season 18 but this was I, I think the fact that the stories weren't multi-parters apart from the three two-parters that we got but it was a largely single episodes which made it more like you know the American stuff that we'd had than than Doctor Who um, you know Doctor Who was you know was was four-part serials was was six six six-part serials so so, so when it was going to be, oh, it's all single stories, there, there was a feeling of, oh, are they, are they going to be as developed as much as 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 old Doctor Who? Of course, actually, you can pack much more in, and there's much more, you know, there's still as detailed storytelling, but but done with economy. Um, but what you do get instead of that is you get threads weaved through the whole season within those individual stories that are there for the the regular that reward the regular viewer but hopefully don't put off the casual viewer and that's the balance although of course you know as doctor who took off and became popular as the doctor who guy in the school playground because i've never hidden you know I've, I've never hidden my perversion um you know i was i was the one that people spoke to um you know the other parents spoke to would go oh i've heard you know this is happening um you know pe people people picked up on this stuff really really pretty quickly and and you know not i wouldn't have I, I wasn't surprised to see it on forums but when mums are telling me in the playground um i remember one coming up saying i know who's going to be the new doctor who it's going to be david morrissey and i'm thinking no they've they've that's that's obviously it's called the next doctor that's that's you you haven't got some insider information that you're letting me know but um but people people thought, oh um and people were really excited ordinary people and by that i mean non-doctor who fans <laughs> um i i i I went off on a segue slightly um, before I finished my Trini and Susanna point. You know, I think in ten, even now, and certainly in 10 years' time, nobody bar the likes of, of, of us will necessarily remember Trini and Susanna. But looking at it there, that, that doesn't matter at all. Does any of it matter? Um, the Weakest Link, you know, it could just be it's, it's a quiz show where 
people if people get questions wrong they get killed you don't have to know who Anne Robinson is or that's a great wheeze that I forget sometimes Anne Robinson's been in Doctor Who um, and the weakest link was huge um, and and this is a big change for the Doctor isn't it They because they've the Doctor is aware of a lot of this popular culture stuff, whereas sometimes I think the Doctor has been portrayed as very aloof and uh, and and very uh, you know yes intellectual and a gourmand and, and and in touch with the higher things, and that sort of a, appeals to me because, uh, uh, well, for for various reasons, not all of which I think are necessarily good, and I, and I would be cautious of a. Of, of a doctor that, that you know, watch soap operas and, and, and things like that. Uh, <laughs> that's a good joke. Never, uh, never paid for my license. Um, although you should, doctor. The TV license is important because it subsidises things that uh, uh, for, for, the, for the whole of uh, society that wouldn't be commercially uh, um, sustainable. Things like programmes for the deaf and that sort of thing, which... Um, uh, should should be paid for by all of society uh, uh, in order to make it a, a fairer one. But let's let's not do the TV license lecture. I only do that because defund the BBC is predictably, boringly, terrifyingly trending on Twitter as I speak. Um, she's great, isn't she? And I and I I think Russell has called her one of the best best uh, actresses in the in the country. And she obviously this is before she went into EastEnders. Um, and in fact, I did a radio play around this time with uh, an, an ex of hers, who's a very good actor, but I won't say who because that st stuff might not be out there. Um, who said, "Oh, yeah, you know, they were still good friends, and they've been together for quite a while." He said, "Oh, my my ex has just done Doctor Who," and, and then said who it was. And I, went, I met her the other day, so <laughs> all coming together. Um, uh Yes, the, he's got a really lovely quality. The way the way he sort of approaches her here, Joe Stone Fewings as 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 the male programmer, and I think the the this is a brilliant visual and a fantastic idea. It's totally sci-fi. Uh, you know, the controller is a very sci-fi word character, but but this idea. This this information this this part of the plot could be done in any way really, uh, but what we have is a human mind since a child strapped into a mainframe uh, who has a a, a a sort of anemic um, uh, um, albino sort of um, thing that has been done by being you know indoors and strapped up and uh and and it's martha cope who's excellent uh since had the pleasure of working with she's tip top she's she's a nice woman and is the daughter of kenneth cope from randall and hopkirk deceased and the doctor who story warriors gate uh who's a bit of a legend but martha's great um and i think really good and that counting down count it down because her mind is on a thing and she's doing her job but also she's resisting and there's a thing there that's a very Doctor Who thing about she's strapped into the computer and she's her mind has been hijacked by the, the bad guys but actually what she does is is a thing um, involving her latent humanity and individualism just breaking through 
to do the thing that she does a little bit later, which is a very Doctor thing. In, uh, you know, in the face of all this technology, all this satire, um, all this adventure, it's about going, hum you know, humanity and an individual can can do a thing. Um, oh, and this is and this is being uh, this is being set up. Obviously, there's a scene there's a scene involving Linda here later. Linda with a Y. Half the world's too fat and half the world's too thin. There's such economy in that, and it's absolutely true. Isn't that extraordinary? Um, have you noticed I'm quite a big fan of this era? Th this was such a time to be alive. So this, yes, so this is where I would have resisted slightly, is the idea of the Doctor. Um, I didn't finish that thought either. That You know, the Doctor watching a programme at Bears. I'm like, no, no, he should be going to the theatre and watching ballet. And actually... I was wrong, uh, uh, and and like Russell T Davis, you know, you can. Uh, I, I remember when I interviewed him for Who's Round, I said to him that he was a populist intellectual, and he quite liked that. Uh, and and I sort of stand by that. That in the in that he he's a very very smart, very very clever man, and a very learned and, and intellectual man. And he's read all of the classics, but he also takes great delight in popular culture. And I think sometimes. Uh, don't worry, Agarax, you're going to have a great career in America. Um, and I think sometimes, you know, I've resisted the, the part of me that likes something that is entertaining for entertaining sake. And certainly as a comic early on, you know, I'd go, oh, you know, that joke's important. That's an important joke. The most important thing about, it, you know, if, if it was a joke that was satirical or made a point, you know, I'd go, that's the most important thing. No, no. And now I look at comics who pat themselves on the back for, you know, uh, making a point but but make it to the three people that they're making laugh I think actually no the comics job is on a Friday night in a busy comedy club is to make as many people laugh as possible if you can smuggle clever stuff and satire and all that sort of thing into it then you have then brilliant well done but the main job and it's the same with Doctor Who that this has satire on it um you know this makes this, this this makes a point and this this has jokes in it and all that sort of thing but the main thing it has to do is to be a thoroughly entertaining 40 odd minutes for the whole family and that's and that's not easy and if you can do that and also satirize things and make a point and blah blah blah, blah, blah then all well and good but your first purpose is to make something that makes people sit up and go this is just really exciting and I'm really looking forward to and I'm going to really enjoy this um, and there's such an energy to this and such a sense of humour but it never loses sight of the fact that it needs to shock you and it needs to make you worry for your heroes um, and, and that happens throughout um, and 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 as a yes so and, and and so it's all very well having high aims but uh, you also have to appeal to as many people as possible to be there's the, and there's nothing wrong with that and and doctor who doctor who should be that doctor who is not a niche the doctor who is is successful not because it's a niche culty thing yeah okay the niche culty bit is when you know you you, you find out everything about um, Paul Erickson who wrote the arc that's that's when you get niche and culty and it allows you to do that but Doctor Who is successful because despite the fact it's a ridiculous idea that does in a genre that is supposed to be one that doesn't appeal appeal to a broad range of people um, 
is something recognized by families all over the world and uh and across generations uh and as uh frank richard said to george orwell if you think that's easy you try it um so it's a good lesson in not being snobby i think is what i'm saying and i'm i'm sort of saying that to me because i think i as i say i i sometimes um worry about um you know ad admitting that i like things that are popular and and yet actually doctor who itself is is is, is popular um although again i got over big brother pretty quickly and haven't haven't seen it since um and how the television landscape has changed uh, and, and in fact you could do that this now he's so horrible the way he says you've lost you could you could do this because everybody watched the same handful of channels so everybody would have known the weakest link if you did if you did it on a quiz now that's on this time on bbc2 i don't know what quiz is on this time on bbc2 um this is brilliant this whole thing is brilliant. i remember my agent at the time um saying god she thought when this happened that they'd killed her off she thought oh my god of course they have they're not going to get Vinnie piper for more than a year that's great they've built up this thing that, and and she genuine so that's how successfully done it was because agents are pretty cynical um uh, and i remember loads of people who were desperate for doc 2 to be grown up I'm, and i've been a bit like that in my time saying that that um Captain Jack swore at that point and told her to F off. No, he says back off. And you'd get people on forums go, no, definitely said F off. He's like, There's a lot of people working on this. They're, they're, they're not going to let the F word through. Sam Callis as the guard is uh, is an actor he uh, who'd... Uh, um, he'd had a decent stint in the bill as a sort of recurring... Was he Linda Bellingham's priest's son or something? Anyway, he, was, he wasn't just a one-off. Uh, he was a recurring sort of supporting not villain but part of a villainous family and he was in ultimate force with ross kemp oh and then he went back to the bill as a as a regular but ah uh, as a sergeant but after this so he, you know even the guy playing the guard is a is a is a good actor who um you know i suspect was you know going from one job to the other um it's very well cast uh th this period of doc two and there's no necessarily reason why it would have been. And I remember Rob Shearman said, you know, there wasn't there was an attitude of of people thinking that the Doctor Who coming back was going to be rubbish, but it was well served by the acting profession. So whether that's I love this bit the the, the you know the, the the Doctor's sort of call to arms and Captain Jack is the sort of modern day brigadier. He does the he does although the Doctor gets pretty tasty there, but Captain Jack leads the physical stuff that 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 Captain Jack does the does the stuff that we sometimes think the doctor wouldn't do himself although eccleston is not with a gun <laughs> i love he's a sort of hapless middle manager to a very amiable um sort of office assistant but doing a doing a terrible job he's a bit like he's a bit like the cultural commentator douglas murray facially actually that's very interesting um Uh, oh, I, 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 I like, now I've got to choose my favourite things, of course. Uh, what is it? Two? Is it two 
per episode or is it three per episode oh i can't remember my own rules i i love the i, I love the bit when he asked to put the gun down <laughs> he's a, it's a really lovely performance the performances in this are so good but i i have to be very careful not to just go on about the acting what's her name i don't know oh i mean it's such a because yeah russell t davis has a cheeky humor a cheeky energy and a and a twinkly humor uh but there's so much darkness as well well i'm just off the back of watching it's a sin do i look like an out of bounds sort of guy and he's good at the action stuff as well i mean that's that's the thing i think sometimes when i think of doctor who's you know you think of some directors who are or writers who are good at action and some who are good at the sort of thoughtful prosaic stuff and boom 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 I mean, Russell T. Davis does really sort of have it all. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, when you think, oh, well, you know, yeah, he's, he does the sort of cheeky light stories. And then you go, oh, God, no, he doesn't. He does, he does stuff that's got some really grim stuff. And we've, we've just off the back of It's a Sin, which if you haven't seen, you must. And, you know, you come away from that going, God, that was so... You just yeah yeah now back off there's a real yeah doctor you 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 are not afraid to make people accountable for their trains running on time sort of thing um that's look at the lighting there um because of course his power is down and this gives her the opportunity to talk which is um it's all built into the script very cleverly but look at that ultraviolet light is absolutely gorgeous uh, and this is where she gets to show her humanity. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it's a sin. You come away thinking, God, that's I've just had my guts ripped out by that dark drama about a terrible time. And then you think about it again and you go, but it was really funny all the way through. And that's, that, you know, that's life. If you want it to be life, is a series of disasters. But uh, so you've got to try and make it funny. You've got to. Oh. Um, I think the controller is probably going to be because she's only in this she's uh, she's only in this episode it's it's one of the great one episode performances in doctor who there are a few uh, barry justice in episode three of the massacre <laughs> um uh some others that uh, and who oh no of course now we knew the daleks were coming back because uh they had been in the trailer the previous week although i actually did have a friend who's not a doctor who fan but he always refuse to watch the the next week um and i know some doc two fans do as well but none of none of my friends um uh, oh yes uh, so uh, captain jack captain jack and the doctor have a have a great dynamic um i, I love the way even that she holds her feet the look that she puts her feet at an angle because she's a bit sort of awkward and 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 shy and embarrassed uh and of course he hasn't killed her um so yeah rose is still and actually that that cock of the foot thing is very clever technical acting as well because it shows that she's doing the same thing that she was doing when she disappeared so it's not just a sweet character touch that is a very technically smart piece of acting um and television acting is uh, you know it can defeat the best actors in the world if they if if then if they're not good at the technical side of it um the reason actors like peter barkworth were so good was because they were meticulous 
technicians of the craft and the modern day actor has to be very very good because there's much less continuity it's not like a, a stage play you you have to do so much more remembering uh oh and she gives her life oh it gets me um but what a brilliant design and concept and idea that controller is uh and so we've and this is actually the only time we get to see her in sort of proper lighting so to actually get to see what she looks like um and of course uh, so then this uh, enables us to have the reveal of the daleks without saying it's the daleks um even though we know it's oh you could see them in the see them in the reflection oh shout out to joe ahern the director who and i love that um I know it was first done in the in in remembrance, really the the, the sort of skeletal thing, but they really uh, take it and run with it this year. And I remember when I I think it was was it on one of the Davidge Davidge Pavel, yeah, but male programmer. Um, but you couldn't have had Davidge Pavel and female programmer; that would have been a bit hard on on her because they are a double act. But the yeah the the skeletal thing, I think there was a documentary before Rose, wasn't that? Um, uh, narrated by David Tennant um, and I think that was the first time I saw the, there was a clip from Dalek which showed the the x-ray extermination effect and it's such a brilliant uh, effect those sort of little touches that that were way sort of beyond um, the capability of Doctor Who as it had been when it had disappeared but yeah, as I say the, the remembrance effect is very good um, but you know this is the next level um, and the scale of this and i like i love the 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 the, the vocal music I'm, I'm not a musician so f forgive me but that, that automatically gives it the epic and look at that shot that is absolutely extraordinary um this was such an exciting thing and, and to have them reflected in the monitor that you know the shooting of it is amazing oh my goodness i mean epic uh, and he's absolutely terrified, Daleks. We still haven't. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm in two minds now, interestingly, because obviously seeing the Dalek at the end of Boomtown made you go, oh, this is really exciting. But actually, it does kind of blow this reveal. But that's, you know, that's not new to, to modern Doctor Who. Modern Doctor Who. Um, uh there's a picture of a Cyberman in, in the Radio Times in the first week of the invasion. And they don't appear till the end of episode four, a month later. So, you know, it's it's not just a, a, a thing of modern television. It's about enticing the viewer. You know, we, we, we call things spoilers now. But uh, but actually, that you know, a, a lot of what a spoiler is, is uh, uh, is is an, in, is an enticement to watch. Thing. If you watch a trailer for any old films, uh, they they often all the Hammer films the endings are in the trailer, um, but we we didn't see things over and over again. This is a brilliant cliffhanger, and and I remember not quite getting it at the time. And 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 and, and, and I know there's a, there's an argument that it should that it should finish here. Um, King Dalek, oh he's so good. Oh. Um, yeah, that, 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 that it should end at Rose, I'm coming to get you. Um, whereas it's the, the, the more traditional thing is 
well no him saying i'm coming to get you means that they go i'm gonna we're gonna invade the earth which is the more traditional thing earth is about to be invaded i i think it works i think it would just be slightly too uh, abrupt you're still digesting it here and also you get this which is i mean these effect shots are magnificent um now i've got to grab my bat because i don't want the credits to disappear um and i I, I mean, the episode is over and it's still got so exciting because it doesn't have the shot of the, the Dalek. Uh, oh, the, yeah, the, the machine gun. Uh, yeah. Oh, this this was just so thrilling. Um, and yeah, because there's something about machine guns that are better than laser guns. Uh, they're dirty. Um, look at that pan across. I'm now reviewing the next episode. Oh, and was this Davros? Was this Adam? Oh, my goodness. Um, and look, that I mean, the credits are going beautifully, beautifully slowly. So you can sort of, you can't quite, you have to still be quite quick. But uh, um, no, I, th I think this, the, 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 look, these credits are going at a reasonable speed. And uh even th even then, compared to the original Doctor Who credits, they were they were quite fast. But of course, they had to get uh, uh, more things in. You don't you don't get you, you can't read them now, which I I think is a sign of the uh, collapse of civilization as we know it. Um, but there we go. Um, you can't resist uh, progress. Huh, progress. Anyway, um, we all have our hills to die on, and that is mine. It's a hill with a list of names that are legible <laughs> um i'm sure i've used that joke before sorry if i if i have um what joke toby it's not a joke oh it's not a joke it's a sort of metaphor um oh so i've got to choose i can't remember how many how many things i'm supposed to choose hang on is it two or is it a three let me just see my rule Four part of five things, six part of I'll need seven. Single episode from New Who, five things. For multi part from New Who, choose three things per episode and one bonus. Uh, three things per episode and one bonus. So three things this week. Well, definitely the controller, uh, played by Martha Cope. Um, for the reasons I outlined, such a great visual, a very, very good performance, beautiful lighting, the thing about it being, you know, humanity wrapped up in a machine, uh, you know, wrapped up in a, uh, in some, somebody who has been taken over and controlled by the alien and humanity winning through. The fact that it's just a great sci-fi bit uh, and it's pretty grim. Um, it's just perfect, perfect. It's perfectly, perfectly done. Um, a Linda with a Y. I've got to choose Linda with a Y. I think she's absolutely delightful. I think I'll choose a bit with her next week as well because there's just a moment uh, that is absolutely incredible. And I'm thinking, am I going to go for the cheeky uh, sort of humour with Captain Jack? Uh, I mean, I'm interested in the, the, the big brother, the weakest link and the Trini and Susanna because at the time that was the most exciting stuff because it was, as I say, Doctor Who smashing into the mainstream. And it doesn't surprise me. I sort of came into this thinking, I, I suspect that stuff won't be quite so thrilling. It's not as unthrilling as I thought it might be because it doesn't suffer one jot from our lack of proximity to those 
those things uh, because he's so good that they work just within the confines of the episode of being a deadly quiz and some funny robots. Um, as I say, I think the Big Brother thing is a slight cheat because they don't play it like when they get kicked out, they're going to die uh, until the moment that that happens. And as I say, if you think about what's gone gone on prior to that, you go, oh, that's a bit. Um, uh, so I think for that reason, I'm not going to choose the Big Brother thing, although the idea of the Doctor in the Big Brother house is such a hoot. Um, and, and yeah, it's so, so funny and so smart. And I do like Jamie Bradley's performance uh within that but i can't uh i i, I don't want to choose i want to choose something that isn't um performance based uh, i don't think it has to be the cliffhanger i think it just has to be th yeah the cliffhanger because it's it's an extraordinary uh moment and the idea and it's a state it's a doctor hero moment um uh and it sums up that that brilliant doctor who we saw so little of and how how russell t davis can get to the heart of what the doctor is about you know brave daft scary hard soppy um uh, uh and about to do something impossible because he has to yeah so there we go linda with a y the controller the cliffhanger they are my three things what is jenny at blue box 99 choosing Okay, here are my answers. So here are my choices, Toby. So the first one from Bad Wolf is, I've got my notes, so forgive me if I'm reading. <laughs> I'll forget otherwise. Um, the doctor holds out his hand for Lydia with a Y, and that's to go with him out of the Big Brother house. And that's the moment I wanted her to be a companion. I thought she had such a bubbly personality. Um, she was worried about what people thought of her. And I think the doctor just made her feel confident and I wanted her to travel with him. I wanted her to grow in confidence and I wanted her to be traveling with Rose and the doctor. I think she would have been a brilliant companion. So that's my first choice. Um, the second one is where Rose runs from the podium after losing the weakest link and Android just shoots and disintegrates her just as the doctor and Jack break through the doors and he just goes on the ground completely devastated and puts his hand in the dust where Rose had stood and it's just the total devastation on his face and the anger that's building so that was an incredible moment so I, I just I just really felt for him at that point what had happened to Rose you know what what how could she possibly have been killed you know so that that's my second choice Toby um my third choice is where the doctor looks out of Satellite 5 and sees thousands of Dalek ships just appearing and I think he's just horrified. He just sees the monitor which shows roses with the Daleks um, and at that point he's just so angry, he's just so annoyed with them and he thinks to himself, you know, you can just see it in his face, he's not having it anymore <laughs> <laughs> and it's that, it's that, that, he breaks into that speech, it's just like no, because this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to rescue her. I'm going to save Rose Tyler from the middle of the Dalek fleet. And then I'm going to save the Earth. And then, just to finish off, I'm going to wipe every last stinking Dalek out of the sky. Brilliant moment. Love it. <laughs> um, 
Brilliant. Well, thank you. Well, I think I do get that last one because I said the cliffhanger, but it is, it is, you know, it's it's tied up in that in that speech, really. So I think I'm allowed that, but I'm not allowed Linda with the Y because she did specify the moment that he holds the hand out, and that is actually quite an important moment. I think so. I'm thinking I'm allowed one of those two, but not both of them. You can de you decide which one I'm allowed, and I'm certainly not allowed at the bit where Rose dies, uh, which is of course a brilliant moment. And I talked because I was too busy talking about my old agent. That is such a dramatic moment, and and the way that it's shot, and the the the, the fact that um, you know the guard's got his gun to the doctor's head, and, and Captain Jack is shouting and he's threatening them. Uh, but that's all background noise because the doctor, it's it, it, it sort of focused on the doctor's devastation. And that's a brilliant piece of direction. The fact that there's so many sort of dramatic moments that could be happening and it decides to, and it, and it, and it very cleverly, without without making you realise it's, it's focusing in on that, just by the fact that it sort of just slightly pushes everything else into the background, it really sucker punches you with the doctor's grief. Uh, and that's key to you thinking that Rose is dead, I think, that that's done so effectively. Um, I mean, there's so many little moments or big moments like that, that if you if you pick them apart, you can show why they're a great synthesis of skilled writing, skilled acting, skilled directing, which is what makes, you know, these these great, great episodes of Doctor Who um, so effective. Um, and, and I have to say, you know, particularly a lot of uh, a lot of new who, whether the, you know, the, the production seems slightly less compromised because it's it's using more modern techniques that are that, that are easier for for us to as as a modern audience that we we're not having to overcome quite so much but it's not to be underestimated because they're making weekly episodic television you know in the same way that you make death in paradise or casualty but you're 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 doing it on a spaceship with thousands of invading uh roboty cyborgy things uh, and all of the other stuff that's going on oh god i love doctor who and i love jenny uh and do you know what i have to i, I i'm gonna reveal something she she's i've met her at conventions and, and, and spoken to her online she is such an enthusiastic thoroughly nice and thoroughly decent person and she was so worried about what you guys would think because she said lydia with a y and not linda with a y um but and, and, and offered to re-record it because she didn't want to have made a mistake jenny it's it, you just it was a slip of the tongue of course everybody knows you know that it's linda and not not lydia but you were you, you know you were doing a you, you were doing a thing and speaking to cameron and, and trying to remember your points and you stumbled over somebody's name but the fact that uh she, she worried about, about, about that is 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 a sign of what a uh a sort of lovely and fastidious uh, person that she is and i don't know her very well we talk online sometimes and we meet at conventions and she is always so enthusiastic so encouraging she encapsulates everything of what doctor who fandom should be and we sometimes forget because of course when you're online and when you're sensitive to criticism you know you always you always look at the people who are being a bit mean not necessarily to you but about people you like or about things that you like and just sometimes just mean for the sake of being mean and the fact that that exists uh, is galling and is horrible and it can spoil your day even if it's not aimed at you well I've never seen anything other than enthusiasm and enjoyment uh, uh, and sort of creativity um, uh, emanate from Jenny which is why I asked her to do this because it's a reminder that you can fixate on the bad things if you want but actually there's plenty out there 
not just it, but in in Doctor Who fandom and in the enjoyment of Doctor Who, it means you don't have to always get distracted by the malevolent aspects of it. <laughs> so thanks, Jenny. I hope I haven't betrayed a confidence there. Um, uh, but but I think it's yeah. I th I think uh, I think it's a sign that you are uh, somebody who wants to do things well and nicely, and you do. Uh, so thanks to Jenny. <laughs> also very kindly said that I could plug a few things so I love writing and I've written for a charity book called The Curse of Fanfic and that's available via Obverse Books on Twitter it's at Obverse Books and it's raising money for Parkinson's UK so well worth a look at that um, The Minister of Chance is also an audio drama that I was involved in in 2013 and it's by Dan Freeman and the weekly episodes are available on a free podcast if you want to have a look at that. So that's at the Minister of Chance and at Sage of the Waves. That's Dan Freeman's Twitter account if you want to follow him. It's well worth following. And there's also an audio drama coming out called Dark Dimension. So that's hashtag Dark Dimension on Twitter. Well worth a look. It's a spin-off of Doctor Who. And there's lots of like people involved in that that's on Twitter and it's just going to be good fun, so it's well worth a look. So those are my plugs. So thank you, Toby. Thanks to uh, you for watching and or listening. Um, I'm not sure whether I'm going to do the next episode now or not. I don't think I should. So I'll probably come back another time. What I'm also vowing to do is not try and end on a sort of opposite send-off because those happens in teleprograms. Those happen in teleprograms when somebody has sort of written one and written a series of links that build to a climax. What happens with this is I get to the end and go, now let me think of some appropriate zinger with which to finish off. And I very rarely come up with one. And I always, when I come to the edit, go, that's an awful way to end. Uh, trying to tie it all together or say something appropriate or don't go to oh I hate it well hello uh, parting is such sweet sorrow but let's try to disprove that as you uh, join me before the parting of the waves uh, Jenny at blue box 99 uh, has nominated this story you heard from her briefly before and you'll be hearing from her at the end where she will be telling me and all of you what her favorite things about this episode are uh, we've already done bad wolf um she's not the only person i've heard from about uh, these two episodes uh, i have a patreon page and uh, i extended the offer to some of the subscribers there to offer their thoughts and or questions uh, on this so before we go to partings of the waves pete adamson Hi, Pete, said uh, about Bad Wolf that his favourite moment from Bad Wolf was the scene where the android kills Rose and Eccleston's expression as he touches the dust on the ground while the diegetic sound is drowned out. It is a great moment. And you know what? I was so busy going, oh, and there was some idiot on Gullifrey Base who thought that Captain Jack was swearing at that bit. I, I was being pernickety about somebody else's opinion or mistake. Uh, and in so doing, I missed the beauty of what was going on there because it is a brilliant scene. It's really well acted, but also the sound and everything, the way that that's done is such a brilliant moment. Um, and I should have given that more heed than getting bogged down in the pernickety details. And that is a lesson uh, that I 
I think Doctor Who fans, as a rule, need to learn. And, you know, I have to put my hand up and go, and I, I am not immune. Uh, <laughs> and I still need to, I still haven't learned that lesson because I still do it. And, I, a, and a little part of me despises me for so doing. It's quite a big part of me. Um, uh, <laughs> uh now a couple of people uh nathan morse uh well i, I can do uh, i can do um some of the questions during the thing but um ian key says uh he loved the link to the game shows in bad wolf i don't think the version of big brother on here isn't that I'd, it's not far removed from what it would become uh i didn't get that far but yeah that doesn't surprise me um are there any other deadly game shows you'd like to see in doctor who I mean, did the celestial toy maker die for nothing? Um, uh, if you can get blind man's mouth and snakes and ladders, no. But uh, TV game shows, um, I'm sure. I'm sure there are some, um, uh, but I, 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 I haven't watched a game show in a while. Um, uh, uh, and yeah, Dan, is that is that what I've got? Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, and I've got some. Well, no, let's let's open with this because we haven't had a long track from Jenny at the beginning. Dan Rebellato, who was a guest on uh, this podcast earlier, he chose and brilliantly um, eulogised the Ribos operation. Uh, Dan says, you may have seen an interview with Russell T. Davis recently about his new TV serial, It's a Sin, in which he claims it's the first time he's dealt with the subject of AIDS and HIV. This interested me, says Dan, who is a playwright and a clever man. Uh, because I've always thought that The Parting of the Ways was emotionally his great AIDS script, not Rose losing her doctor or the doctor's body riddled with a fatal infection, but the moment where Rose returns as Bad Wolf, eyes on fire, and everybody lives, and you have that montage of the dead and wounded waking up, opening their eyes, standing on their feet, including the very pre-AIDS polymorphously perverse Captain Jack. In terms of its structure of feeling, its yearning fantasy, a wish fulfilment that feels like it comes from Russell T. Davis's generational experience of living through the awful 1980s and early 90s when AIDS wreaked its devastation. What I absolutely adore about that two-parter is the way RTD gets us from the superb silliness of the Big Brother opening to the battle heroism of the end of part one to the almost metaphysical scale of Bad Wolf. And the fact that Rose is absorbing and channeling the heart of the TARDIS makes it feel like Russell T. Davis is channeling the heart of Doctor Who as a utopian force for hope, renewal, recovery and survival that speaks not just to the story, but to the stigma and shame of AIDS and all the public and media hostility that went with it 20 years earlier. And with that, the cleverest things that are about to be said during this broadcast have have been dispensed with. Uh, I, I'm not going to promise anything as erudite as that, but I might be able to tell you what that actor was from. But uh, I will leave Dan's words hanging in the air because uh, uh, as I'm recording this, It's a Sin is is, is currently being talked about in uh, uh, parks and offices and uh, on Zoom calls all over the country because of the uh, incredible impression that it has made. Uh, and uh, I hadn't thought about it in those terms, um, but uh, Dan's commentary is uh, is fascinating. Um, so look, uh, let's <laughs> let's go down. <laughs> let's go down a notch in intellectualism now, <laughs> as as uh, I uh, exhort you to press play in three, two, one. I'm watching on iPlayer, so we get. Uh, 
a little bit of the uh, uh, um, uh, a little bit of last week's. Uh, a reminder, although this is of course a very very different episode. You know, loads of the characters uh, from from the first episode from Bad Wolf do not make it through, um, and those that do are in a very different. We're now in a sort of siege battle mentality where we were in a sort of perverse game show mystery thing so it's it's great how it's a it's a it's a it's a game of two halves um this is the first season finale since doctor who came back and the first regeneration uh yeah sorry dan's dan's tract was full of spoilers but uh if if your first time you're experiencing parting of the ways is with me talking over to it you deserve everything you get uh alexa volume four um, sorry, uh, it's slightly loud, but my Alexa, I have the Corporal Jones of Alexa's. She will, she will respond very shortly. Uh, there we go. You see, um, <laughs> so, uh, let's see if the Daleks like it up. Em. So it's funny cause the, the Daleks, of course the Daleks weren't going to be, look at that special effect shot. The, the Daleks were not going to be in this series. Would this have been any different without them? Do you know what? Yes, it would. Um, and I, I mean, I like the Daleks, but again, because they're so familiar, I, I, you know, I like to think I, I'm probably more the sort of person that gets excited by Return of the Macra because, you know, I'm a bit of a connoisseur. Uh, uh, no, the, there is something primal about the excitement of seeing the Daleks. Um, and I don't think any other creature could have given this the sense of climax that it has. Um, that, you know, the sheer weight of history. And of course, but most people watching this wouldn't have had that weight of history with the Daleks. So well done, Doctor Who, uh, for establishing uh, the Daleks with one episode and a sole Dalek as, as a force whose return was going to be an extraordinary thing. Um, the design is great. I wasn't sure I'd like the big ears. Uh, they're not, I know they're not um, ears, but uh, they look like ears. They're where ears are. Um, uh, because the movie Daleks have those, and I, I always think they, they look a bit... Um, they, they don't quite work on the, the movie Daleks for me. It's, it's, it's almost like, oh, you're doing it big because you can, because it's a big screen, but it's not... The, and yet they somehow they work better on, uh, on these sort of chromey tank... Daleks and the rivets and everything that's such a great um up, updating of the design um <laughs> I'm just re I'm just reminded of the DVD extra where they <laughs> is it a DVD extra where they get uh Raymond Cusick who was a, a very clever man who designed the Daleks and I think they said well what we'll do is we'll we'll get him and we'll show him the new Daleks and he'll be so proud of his work and he, he just saw it well it's a bit of a dog's dinner um <laughs> I see everybody trying really, really hard uh, <laughs> and him not perhaps being as effusive and gracious as uh, as they'd hoped he would be. Uh, <laughs> bless him. Um, he's uh, the the intensity of Eccleson's doctor and the and the. The hauntedness, you know, you, you can tell that what it, he's so great at, at, at telling us whatever went on before we saw him uh was was uh, you know scarred him uh 
and 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 of course, I mean, we'd had the we'd had the announcement that he was going, which in retrospect, uh, I think was probably a good thing. Actually, um, Lever wanting more, I think, a sense that we didn't get everything that this doctor promised us is is quite good in the way that I sort of perversely enjoy the fact that there are missing episodes and, and somehow I think I appreciate Doctor Who more because there are bits of it that I can't have. There's nothing like unrequited love. I mean, you know, the 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 one who never said the one who said never said yes lives on as a as an eternal possibility whereas the one who did after the initial excitement has died down can only ever be you know well become normality so <laughs> now i think the, the the doctor's confrontation with the emperor dalek uh, is the last stuff that eccleston shot wasn't it um and oh my god, how many things did we think that was? I was on forums all week. Everybody going, well, it's definitely Adam. <laughs> and it's just no, it's just a big Dalek. It's just the Emperor Dalek. We again, we've we've never encountered this guy in in this iteration of Doctor Who before, and you know we don't know if it's the same one as as was in Evil of the Daleks. It looks totally different, so probably not. And that one blew up. Um, it's just it's a bit it's a bigger Dalek than all the other Daleks. Uh, so it, it needs, you know, it's 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 an individual, a big bad that the Doctor could face off. Yeah, I love I love the way the Daleks back off there. Uh, I remember a friend of mine texted me. I think say that's a brilliant moment that, and it shows the Doctor's power. Um, and this is this is that's a great visual, the 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 Emperor of the Daleks. And again, this is. You know, this is this is the revival of, of of a show that, you know, when it left us, couldn't do this sort of thing, uh, and I and I'm not sure I envisaged after Rose with its you know rather a coy approach to death. I don't think we see anyone die, do we? Um, uh, and you know, Autons in a shopping centre. It's very well done, but it's you know it's people in costumes in a in a in a in a shopping centre. It's the Yeti on the loo in Tooting Beck. It's the you know the Autons at Autons at H and M, um, the idea that we'd be on a spaceship with floating Daleks and a giant Dalek, uh, you know, we weren't necessarily sure that that, that was going to happen. The way they marshaled the resources here is great, and seeing the Daleks out of focus in the back. That's the Joe Ahern, the director. It's his last. It's his last uh, credit on the show, and he he deserves, uh, 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 I think, a lot of um, thanks for bringing that sort of cinematic quality and and the sense of urgency and the sense of drama that uh, that 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 this season has um a p particularly sort of noticed notable sort of battle episodes um and but again he, uh, rather than just go oh yeah the daleks are you know pepper pot nazis the, the, the russell t davis has introduced the idea of blasphemy and he tries to psychoanalyze them without getting too highfalutin about it and he he, he, he just he, he he makes it add to the drama but also that idea of them hating their own existence is a is 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 somebody bringing a plausible reality to a you know to the troll under the bridge which is but without making it mawkish or sentimental or hold up the story it just gives it an extra layer an extra reality that that bit with his head at the TARDIS door and the and the shooting 
this is the season finale. This this is the end of the Doctor, and we're all wondering. I mean, I spent the whole thing, you know, watching the trailer, going. So is that? And there's a bit where he's surrounded later on. You go, well, that must be the bit where he, you know, gets killed and regenerates. So there's there's a bit of sleight of hand with the regeneration at the end. Uh, I love the love the fact that Linda with a Y has stayed because she trusts the Doctor, and that's a great look to Rose. Little little character dynamics. Um, Roderick being a burk downstairs. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, he's just, yeah, he's, he's there to show that not everybody is brave. Um, and it's interesting how important that was to, to Russell T. Davis because we had the companion, Adam, who couldn't, uh, the idea that, you know, the acts, we, we shouldn't, we shouldn't take the acts of bravery, um, that we see for granted. And although, there are lots of examples in this series about ordinary and in inverted commas people showing what human beings are capable of at their best. We so often do what is worst. You can imagine, uh, uh, yeah, uh, Roderick on Twitter uh, when everybody's saying that a nice thing is nice, going, "Well, actually, I think this bit's terrible," or, or whatever, <laughs> because there are always people that will do that. Uh, I think there's a great. Is, is this the is this the bit where he he, he has two <laughs> roses? Look, <laughs> where Linda does a sort of inane companion line. Twenty two minutes. Oh, he's so good, uh, Joe Stone Fuse. And then look, yeah, it, that's a really doctorish thing for Eccleston to do for somebody that wasn't really. Um, uh, who didn't really grow up with the, the Doctor Who as, as 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 part of his uh, milieu and is part of part of his thing? Uh, 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 that that that's somebody who instinctively knows how to do Doctor Who. <laughs> um, gosh, and can you imagine this would have been done on the BBC Micro? Uh, you know, twenty odd years earlier. Oh goodness me! Um, Bastic bullets. That's a. Uh, a reference to Revelation of the Daleks, isn't it? Orsini uh, and his smelly squire Bostock have plastic bullets. I'm pretty certain of that. Um, oh, Linda, with a Y, we love you with your hair in bunches and your uh, 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 and your desire to do us. Oh, yeah, and the Doctor, yes, the Doctor gets a little bit... There's a little suggestion that, uh, yes, that he's quite smitten with her, whereas, of course, uh, and that's it's such a... Because it's playing with the idea that... Because Linda, I think, at the moment is unkillable. Linda is not a killable character. And she does that little bit where she looks at the TARDIS and there's a suggestion that, oh, you know, what's she going to do to show that she's not up to Rose's standard? Uh, oh. And, uh, oh, God, the how funny. I'd totally forgotten. Uh, the, the controversy uh, around the fact this chase... This most—I mean—that's—that's that's nothing uh, of of a, of a man kissing a man, having just kissed a woman, and it—and it's—it sort of parallels the EastEnders um, thing many many years ago, where there was an episode of EastEnders where there's a kiss, I think, between Ian Beale and Cindy, heterosexual kiss, which caused no headlines, and a very innocuous, very chaste kiss between Colin, the gay character, and his boyfriend um, Barry, and it's not—and and the next day. The, the Sun newspaper had the headline, It's East Benders. Um, how far have we come? Um, well, 
actually for some not that far because all those years later that that was still headline grabbing um General Russell doesn't get credited as the floor manager in this episode. And I mentioned that to Russell T. Davis when I interviewed him for my Who's Round podcast. And, and instead of coming, he just went, oh, we should have had somebody on on that uh, because the, she just got missed out. It was a mistake, um, which is the sort of thing that you thought had probably been ironed out by modern television. There are, there are examples in the old series of people being missed off the credits for various reasons. Uh, you think, well, you know, with, with the way we do modern television. In fact, I think the new series has probably got more examples as uh, people have their eyes on other things. But I'm aware credits. I'm going to do a podcast on people missing off the credits because I, I suspect only I care. But it does bother me more <laughs> than it should. Well, I just think actors get so little. I think, you know, we get no holiday pay, no pension. Uh, uh um, unless you're hugely successful, I think you're largely seen as a failure. The least we can get is our is our is our name on the menu. Um, uh, one little question says Pete Addison: Is is there anything you can say no about the alternative ending with Rose in the vortex? Was it shot? Does it still exist? I don't think it was shot. I I did have a look in the um, in the complete history, and it said it was scripted and it was shed in order to be shot, which I think means they're being a bit coy about going, we don't think it was, but we're not going to commit. But I don't, I don't think it was. Um, and uh, Nathan Moore says, how different would this story would have been if they hadn't got the rights to use the Daleks? Well, I, I can't speak for people that didn't know who the Daleks were, but I, I remember when... The, the, you know, the Daleks weren't necessarily coming back. I wasn't that bothered. I was so excited about Doctor Who coming back. I didn't need the, the Doctor Who classic. Doctor Who had you know whole um, large chunks of its history where there weren't Daleks. Um, but then when it was revealed they are coming back, I got unnaturally excited. Um, but but for a new audience, they established the big bad in that one episode and brought them back for the finale. Uh, and did that effectively with very good writing and okay an adaptation of a of, of an existing design but good design work um could they have come up with a a monster that you know that 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 equaled the daleks i i don't know i mean there was talk it was going to be the toclophane wasn't it um one would imagine they'd be slightly different to the ones that we that we got oh doctor the doctor lies to rose in order to save her he's so good at pain isn't he eccleston he's uh uh and i think his his comedy is slightly sort of gawky and awkward and i'm not sure i mean it's difficult you can't he's he's, he's such a good actor it's, it's difficult to tell when it's deliberate or not but it, you know so I, I, some would say i think he's, he's 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 probably although he's very funny in the a word i don't know his it seemed to me at the time that he was much more comfortable with the, the hard drama than he was with the comedy. Perhaps he's not as light a comedian as some of the other doctors. He, uh, uh, he's not perhaps as fluent. And yet, and yet, the, the comedy that his doctor does has a slightly detached awkwardness about it that makes it a sort of that makes it work because he's a sort of misfit and he's yeah he's slightly awkward and uh off kilter and uh and, and and not quite on everybody's wavelength so it could just be a very sophisticated acting choice i'm i'm not judging it it works um it it, it definitely works 
even though as i say i did i did i do feel when i'm looking at some of it that as i say perhaps it's it doesn't fit him as naturally as as the stuff that he's i mean he really excels at which is the the raw emotion and the and the, and the depth um the pain and the suffering that he he does very well and the drama he's a very intense actor of presence he was a brilliant piece of casting um that this isn't there something about the hologram as well it's just superb because it's sort of black and white and you know those lines running down it and slightly and it can't quite coalesce that that's like it's sort of unreachable it's it's you know she can't touch him it's uh, he's like a missing episode. He's like, oh, he's a telesnap reconstruction of Doctor Who says goodbye to Rose. <laughs> but it's, it is kind of that. Um, and of course it had to come back to 20th century Earth. Uh, 21st century Earth. Oh, that's, that reveals how old you are, Toby. I still think of the 20th century as the modern day. Oh. Um... Yes, and that's what Ian Key says. That moment in Parting of the Ways where the hologram looks at the camera, Rose, amazing. It absolutely is uh, amazing. And that's what Pete Adamson says as well. Pete Adamson's favourite bit of the Parting of the Ways is Eccleston turning his head during the uh, hologram message. It's strangely chilling, bittersweet stuff. Man, I love that story. Uh, yeah, quite right. It is really, really good. Um, I've just realised. I think I have another sheet of paper um, with with a, an, another message from uh, a, a, a Patreon subscriber. So I might have to add that at the end. Uh, sorry, James Gould. Um, Captain Jack's brilliant. Um, such a such a good addition, and you know the fact that he's such such a comedy presence but also a man of action uh, means that when the doctor's lying to himself and to us uh, Jack's there to remind us of, of, of the stakes this was so exciting at the time uh, I mean everybody was talking about uh, Doctor Who um, it, it, amazing that transformation in the in the 13 weeks I remember I remember before it it it, it started uh, there was a, a news report, I think, and they interviewed some people on the streets. And you know, this this young woman, they said, oh, "Doctor Who," and she went, "No, never, never even heard of it." And the idea that people hadn't even heard of it astonished me. It was getting to that point, you know, because because there was a time when even even people that thought it was rubbish uh, had heard of it. It was part of the, the 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 national fabric as it as it should be. So I think it was rescued just in time too, as well, because I think given another five years, and 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 it would have been, you know, an absence. Um. And I remember before this season, because it's the regeneration, uh, I, I remember, because sometimes you could be, I've always be a bit of an arse. Um, there, was, there was that, there was a documentary, wasn't there? And it was narrated by David Tennant. And I remember the name coming up with the credits and I said to my, because I was riding high and I was quite excited, but I still, I was still, you know, in my head, I was still, well, I, I, you know, I know a lot about Doctor Who, even though, you know, I start from scratch here, <laughs> having had all of my life to try and, you know, to pour over uh, facts about the classic series over and over and over again. I remember saying to my partner at the time, you know, when David Tennant's name appeared at the end, I went, oh, yeah, and he's, he's going to be the 10th Doctor. Like, I mean, I 
sanitizer. I was correct. I was correct, but it was still an idiotic, posy thing to say. She didn't care either. That was the other thing. So, um, uh, but yes, so I, I predicted David Tennant was going to be that. Oh, that was and that was before he was announced. You know, I, I, I predicted um, just because he was doing Casanova and he was a Doctor Who fan and it just seemed it just seemed like it was is written in the stars. This touching base is very, very important. Uh, it was such a, a vital part um, of the whole DNA of Russell T. Davis's Doctor Who um, and and these, I mean, Billy, you know, Billy Piper was the surprise success story from it from it coming out of the gates, but how important Jackie and Mickey are to this uh, should not be underestimated. Um, and I and I and 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 I don't think I I warmed to Mickey particularly early on, and I, I contend that, and I think Noel Clark's great. Um, and and he was all and he was actually in the interviews before it came back. He was like, "Yeah, I'm a big Doctor Who fan. I love Doctor Who." And he 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 had so much enthusiasm for it, and you you really really warmed to him. But I I I wasn't a great fan of Mickey and Rose. I have to say, I don't know if it was because of what he was given to do. I, I said to Russell T Davis when I interviewed him that I I felt the performance had changed slightly, and he, and Russell wasn't having it. But I I, I think some of that was was. Um, interviewee to 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 interviewer. He was going. We're we're. This is a this is a positive thing. I'm I'm I'm. I'm not going to give you any ground on that. He's a very very lovely man, Russell. But I, I also think he takes no prisoners, and he wasn't he he wasn't going to let me suggest that uh, that that Ricky had that Mickey had uh, had 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 changed. But I I I feel he he does, and I I love Noel Clark. Um. Uh. But by by the by the end of the the series and he's great he's great in boomtown the, the, the fact that mickey goes from being so maybe again maybe it was deliberate um maybe it was deliberate um and that you know that transformation was 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 really really important but i'm sure i read an interview with noel clark where he said he felt he pitched his performance slightly differently early on he's great anyway but i i i certainly my warmth towards the character improved and and you know and got to got a hundred percent by the end this this is amazing and that's just such a great decision this this it turns around that that the daleks uh moving midriff as well which i know we've seen in dalek but but just that directorial or or special effects designer choice of going well we're not just going to have them all coming in the same direction we're going to have these ones look there and then twist around it just adds movement it adds intent it's pretty spooky it's i mean it's just a, a, a another of many moments of genius yes when by the way when i'm i'm sort of looking for things to to, to be critical of about this I think I'm I'm just trying to highlight some of the things that at the time I was thinking because although I loved this and this was this this exceeded my expectations and it was so amazing Doctor Who being back my fan brain was on the lookout for things to worry about so yeah no let's get it out there this I think this is amongst the very best of Doctor Who I think this whole period of Doctor Who is amongst the very best of Doctor Who but I'm trying I'm I'm trying from a bit of historical perspective he said lost loftily to try and sum up some of the some of the concerns that that I have because I've always got that 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 little doubt pecking in my brain that fear that I think the genesis of that is was Doctor Who when I was away at 
boarding school and Doctor was the only sort of island of joy I had when that phone call came through to say it's being taken off the air, which seemed inconceivable. And from then on, Doctor Who was under threat, which it was the only solid thing in my life. It was the only solid thing in my life. And so I've all... So it, and, and so, you know, for the continuation of its existence, it was under threat. And then it coming back, I was terrified of people not liking it or even worse of me not liking it um, or, or even worse of me liking it and everybody else not liking it. <laughs> um, and there is a lesson there about just going with it and not worrying I heard something wise. I'd like to say it was uh, from a philosopher. I think it is a philosopher, but it's quoted in an episode of The Good Place about, um, you know, not worrying about the past or the future, just the present, because it's the only one you can do anything about. And the past is gone and the future is, is, isn't here yet. You know, the only one you can control is the present. And I think there's not a, a, a note to self, live live a bit more in the present because... You only appreciate things when, when they've gone. Sometimes, that said, I I was loving I was loving Doctor at, at this point, and I love I loved the machine guns. Uh, so absolutely fantastic, and the fact that you can see the bullets flying, it felt so grown up. And I know you had uh, bullets and stuff in the machine guns in the Pertwee era, but I, I I'd grown up with Davison where they didn't really have an awful lot of of gunfire apart from Resurrection. Um, but and that, and that oh yeah so that's that's great the floor manager is, is killed she'll never sing the theme tune to red dwarf again um and and you've got that you've got people you know bullets flying in the air and the and the and the, and, the, and, and, and her hair was flying about because of the the, the impact so that's so impressive and then you've got a mini trying to open <laughs> the heart of a spaceship inside a police box and i love that i love the fact it's a mini uh, those little bits of uh, attention, and 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 this is great because it's waiting for. Although they're sort of they're killing time a little bit here because Rose has to be kept away from the story. Um, none of it is padding because it it, it is all building to a, a hero moment that's going to come for for Jackie in a bit. That's also got loads of good jokes in it, but it's keeping Rose away and it's her frustration and the, so there's emotion tied in with the. Oh, and the, the I've forgotten that the android, they use the android as, I only think of the game shows as being uh, in, in in the first episode. And I, know, I, I believe that um, the android is, is Russell, one of Russell T. Davis's favourite jokes. <laughs> he should be justly proud of it. Um, Joe Joyner is so good. Um, uh and and that's a lovely old. It's a bit like uh, Alien, isn't it? Is is it's the uh, uh, you know it, it's the look and Earthshock Part One. Somebody looking at blips on a screen that means bad news for other people. Um, I mean, poor old Patterson Joseph. He's a, he's a fantastic one of our finest actors. Um, he's he's sort of stuck downstairs just being a being an ass. Um, but but as I said, but he's playing playing a. A, a very important function and he does it does it brilliantly and that's isn't that glory you know that that she joe joiner's reaction uh, and the fact that we don't see it we hear it so you can do a large-scale massacre uh that that is a gut puncher without showing any of it and she acts it brilliant she is so good i, I love linda with a y i'm not allowed to choose her though because because jenny already has 
Um, Jackie, Jackie being the mum, who cares? Um, Rose, Rose knowing about uh, Pete, of course, which, um, which, which we don't actually know about um, because that's been planted in father. The whole arc is an overused word, but the whole, uh, the whole character development uh, and and the stories that everybody has, the amount of detail not just for, for for plot but for emotion um and this is desperately emotional stuff but it's 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 earned every single bit of it is earned um and billy piper had gone from being um I, you know it's, it's the bit that always resonated in my one-man show when i when i said my reaction to billy piper being cast was one of absolute fury um uh, 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 uh she's a pop star this is ruined doctor Who. and i genuinely i was like oh before it's even started uh and i mean i ate my words pretty quickly and uh uh you know by 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 this episode they were fully digested uh, uh and uh, never to be brought up again she's so good and yeah oh look at look at earth being earth being absolutely totaled and of course you can do this because we don't know that uh that the, the doctor's gonna uh you know reverse all of this um so you get to have your cake and eat it um uh and and this stuff's great and 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 i i i really like the two uh I, it, 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 it's quite a simple device having the um you know does he say do you want to go for a drink afterwards but he he's got he's such he's so charming uh i hope he's having a i know he's he's, he's pretty solid work isn't he joe stone fewings but uh uh i hope he's having a marvelous career actually because he has such a warmth and such a wit uh and a, a sort of yeah sort of hapless charm and i i love that bit between them where she winks and it's you know it's very much i remember watching v and there's two characters and, and one says when this is all over shall we get married uh, uh and you go yeah and you go well one of them's gonna die uh but it it if and that that was very cheesy and it was cheesy at the time uh, there's that i see as that moment i see as slightly different is that you're aware of the tropes but you and you don't know because linda it you you expect to go one way and comes a different way um i i i think that the the two programmers are 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 a, are a lovely addition and fulfill an important task and are and are played uh i think better than characters like that are, are, are sometimes played in other shows and this whole sort of thrown together the stuff i did like about v you know was the the underground you know rebels holding out jerry built this is very you know this is the, this is a base under siege um but the, the but the fact that it's it's this set is all these sort of rusty bits of panels all thrown together and and again machine guns which i don't know why i like machine guns so much but i do i do tough I, it's you know uh it's it's a you know a western a war film all of that stuff um it appeals to us i don't know why but it does 
uh, and they and uh, but the fact that it's sort of ordinary people in a short sleeved shirt and a suit top and all that stuff and you know when she celebrates you know she i got it you know she's gonna die oh i think that's so sad and then he loses it in the way that he does the gun over there and i think that's oh gosh and that's a great star oh <laughs> i'm a sucker for all of that sort of stuff um, I mean, I do, and I do it. Get, it sort of gets me every time as well. And it's just two people without names. Oh, uh, yes, I know he's called Damage Pavel, but not in the credits. They're male programmer, female programmer. I think, as I said last week, you know, Russell had wanted to do the thing where people we didn't know the names of did uh, did extraordinary things, and uh, and, and I think that's uh, when he comes back to that, doesn't he? In in Midnight, when. Um, uh, the stewardess uh, sacrifices a life and somebody says you know what was she called and nobody knows um this is such a tense scene and I've, I've, it's got a, it's got a dalek appendage i did the chase not long ago i was celebrating the dalek appendages in that this is an absolutely fabulous scene and you go well somebody's going to come and rescue linda because she's linda and this is the stroke of genius is that you lip read a Dalek without it having lips. You know exactly what it says when that is genius. That is, oh, and that's so horrible. Poor old Linda. Poor old Linda. That is definitely going to be one of my choices. But then you sort of go, well, okay, Linda's the big death. Surely Captain Jack's going to escape. Uh because Captain Jack's essentially become a sort of companion and, and, you know, he was announced early on in the, in, in the press. So, and I think it's, I, 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 I was surprised by Russell T Davis being so good at the, the action stuff. I think because I'd seen his, you know, you know, queer, queer as folk is a, is, is a, is, is, it has a, has a cheeky power. I mean, it's also got a strength and an, and an outrage in it, but, uh, it's told with such vim and uh, and wit and 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 the second coming also, um, uh, you know, is 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 powerful, but it it was also fueled by um, a sort of anti-establishment. Although he was using God, who's as establishment as you can get, um, rebelliousness. But I wasn't quite sure I expected him to be so. And why not? Of course, he was he was brought up on Doctor Who, but his his. His handling of the of the stuff that appeals to the the you know the little kid in me the the actiony stuff is I mean is perfect, um, but I I love that Jackie gets <laughs> Jackie gets the moment with the with the fan which says don't ask how I got it and you go oh Jackie <laughs> Jackie Tyler is one of the great Doctor Who characters um, <laughs> who who you absolutely uh, need. Um, I, 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 yeah, that, and you, you sort of don't know where this is going with the heart of the TARDIS. I mean, I, I, it's never a good sign when you throw the machine gun away, though, is it, Captain Jack? Uh, because that's it. All you can do now is is throw your shoes at them. But he's great, isn't he, John Barrowman? Yeah, I kind of figured that, and I love, I love the way he holds. Oh yes, oh. Gosh, and I remember looking at my friend John, John Cooper, who did Time Flight. Uh, for, for this podcast, he was sitting, we looked at each other, and we, we couldn't believe it. And that camera works great, the way the camera shoots from, you know, 
one to the other and look at all those Daleks and you know this is where you thought well this is how the Doctor's going to die but then you go but hang on he's got to defeat the Daleks um, and of course Russell T Davis has to give give him the decision I've forgotten about that of course this is the big moment because the Doctor does blow things up doesn't he I mean we, we um, and, and you know the Doctor doesn't kill people um, except the odd Ogron uh, and you know but I, I, I've discussed I'm sure to the point of boredom the fact that yes we 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 like we we imagine the doctor as as not being somebody who kills except for the times when he does kill unless you view the doctor differently to how I do and there are people who do who go no no the doctor sees uh, what the evil is and he destroys it and and both of those readings are uh, you know have their errors and both of those readings are valid i i take the uh homoceting guardian reading uh, liberal uh view because that's because we create doctor who in our own image um and you know this is the doctor this is the doctor of course that stood by and said about cassandra you know everybody dies and i, I remember thinking oh is, is this a doctor that that kills people and of course he's the one that you know satsuma's the sycorax commander in the very next episode but it, it needed for this point the doctor to go no i'm not uh, you know there there is a there is a part that i don't do mass murder even of daleks um but fortunately for him rose has had a look into the heart of the tardis which um unlike uh uh mickey's mini where i'm sure if you lifted the hood and looked into it you just see some wires and an engine the tardis has the uh crazy side effect uh of uh going uh yeah well um if you look into the heart of the tardis you can uh, reset the coordinates and also absorb the time vortex and do miraculous things but of course it's not entirely miraculous things because it comes with a price uh which uh, which stops it from being a sort of deus ex machina in a in a way because because if this was just a, a I wave my magic magic wand uh, and in one bound they're free we'd have felt very cheated i st i still i think at the time felt a little bit um oh come on that's a that's a that's a little bit i because I, 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 I think the ending of boomtown i'd be like why is the tardis made to do that um oh well all right because boomtown's actually a different kind of story so it needs that sort of ending all right fair enough but then when it the, the same thing happened again two episodes later which of course means that boomtown has set it up so it's a it's a clever piece of foreshadowing and it means that it's legitimate i still nonetheless felt it a little bit magical um at the time i i don't mind it so, i don't really mind it so much now partially because there's a cost um to, even to Jack, who comes alive again, because of course he becomes immortal, which becomes its own curse. But there's a cost. Yes, yeah, she she does this, but it's not it's not a, a magic escape because it, it costs the Doctor his his life, his regeneration. Um, and I think because every everything else is so emotionally perfect, and the battles and the story, I I I think it earns it. I think it earns it. Uh, and I think she is so good. Um, and it's a it's a clever sleight of hand because you expect the Doctor to die at the sort of height of battle, and he sort of dies when the battle's over. Um, 
it's almost like a sort of kick in the teeth, but then becomes celebratory, um, which was totally unexpected. And good drama is unexpected. Look at her face streaked with tears. Look at him full of fear and regret. Uh, I mean, two better leading actors you couldn't hope for. Uh, I was delighted uh, Captain Jack came uh, back alive. Um, oh, and of course we get a kiss, which again, um, I mean, I would have thought would have been the end of the world. Uh, and it's not, it's not the end of the world at all. Um, and the sort of thing I would have worried about... Um, how do I feel about it? I mean, you know, I, I grew up with the idea of do the doctor kissing anybody being a really bad idea. Um, but of course, it has its cake and eats it because it's not a kiss. It's a time vortex suck. He's not tickling her tonsils. He's sucking her time vortex. <laughs> uh, lovely effect as well, by the way, and beautiful lighting at the back. And what a hero shot. Um, uh, oh, doctor. Yeah. Um, oh, and then he, yeah, he, he blows it out of his mouth, um, which I suppose you can do if you're Doctor Who. Um, nice music by Murray Gold as well. That's a great shot, isn't it? Um, yeah, it, it, it is slightly magical, but I, I think it earns it. And he knows, he knows. So he helps to sell it as well. Um. Will, will I always be as forgiving of, of, of endings of some modern Doctor Who? Well, oh, come on, I was thinking about the brain of Morbius the other day, which ends because there's a thing, there's a there's essentially a board game in the corner that they play that sucks one of the brains out of the, the other people. Um, you know, the story stops and he goes, do you want to play this thing that's over here? So <laughs> uh, I, I think... I think, and of course, Captain Jack is left behind because he has to be because Rose has to get to the new, used to the new Doctor next season. Um, and of course, you can have too much of a good thing, and and I think it, I I think um, it, it it was it was important um, that Captain Jack wasn't permanent. I think because then you look forward to him coming back, and it it becomes uh, you know an occasion when he does. Um, yeah, I think I think storytelling is very hard. Telling science fiction stories is very hard, and you you, you know you paint yourself into to corners, and you have to get out of them. And sometimes you do it by very clever um, placing of, of 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 jigsaw pieces. And 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 sometimes I think I think you you know you 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 you, you justified emotionally, um, and and I think that I think that really works. I I find this. Uh, I find this episode exciting. Uh, I find it moving. I find it sad. I find it scary. I find it funny. Uh, I I I do. I think it's. I think it's as. I think it's as good as as Doctor Who gets. Uh, and I wasn't. I also wasn't sure about the sort of the post story regeneration, but it needs it because he couldn't just collapse you know at the climax when the story is just finished and change and that be it there needed to be some explanation some reassurance it it definitely needed to be a postscript uh, because of course the, the show hadn't done this but what a boon it turned out to be because essentially after the first series it's going 
if we want to, this is here forever. Whereas I think if Eccleston had done two or three series, I mean, I, I had friends here, uh, I live in the north, uh, who went, oh, no, I'm, I, I don't like the idea of the new guy because Doctor Who's Christopher Eccleston and this this northern bloke. So the fact that David Tennant came in pretty quickly and then established himself so quickly, um, I think was, to, in the end, did the series a, a, a great service. Um, so Eccleston did by going when he did. Uh, and Tennant did by establishing himself and, and becoming, you know, uh, def definitive. Um, uh, so whilst at the time it was the worst thing in the world to read, was uh, Christopher, you know, just, just as the show looks like it's being successful, you have to get used to the leading man losing, and there he is. Um, and of course... Then Christopher Eccleston was the bloke that would never come back to Doctor Who, much like Tom Baker was the one after the five Doctors that, you know, didn't really do conventions and bits and bobs and things like this and certainly wouldn't do Big Finish. And then McGann, oh, you know, McGann, McGann, he was the movie Doctor. He's not going to do conventions. And, and then he does conventions and comes back to Doctor Who. But then uh, uh, Eccleston, well, no, he left and we're not quite sure why he left and... And, uh, you know, there's obviously there's obviously some stuff gone on there. Uh, and uh, but so he's definitely he's far too cool and scary and hard and northern to to do anything like, uh, a, 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 you know, a Doctor Who tie in from Big Finish. And, and as I speak, he's just recorded a load of stuff for Big Finish. So they try and every time they yeah, they, they try and leave. But, but we we always they always come back. They always come back. I remember being furious with myself because I think I think I pressed stop. I was I still had a video at this point. I recorded this on VHS. Younger listeners, that's an old thing like papyrus or a stone tablet. Uh, and I think I pressed stop. And then there was a sort of recap of loads of clips of the series and then saying Doctor Who will come back in the Christmas invasion. But I pressed stop because it was it was important for me not to have sort of extra junk on. Um, uh, and I've never seen that throw forward to the Christmas invasion since. Uh, so I remember being utterly furious about that. Uh, so now. Do I choose? I choose three things about this and a bonus. Why do I choose? So I have to choose seven in all for a two-parter. Oh, whereas for a five, for a one-parter, I'd have chosen five things. Uh, yeah, no, so that makes sense. And yet for a four-part Doctor Who story, uh, I choose five things, which is the same length. Oh, I don't know. doesn't matter. I've The rules are what they are. I think Jenny is going to choose three things and a bonus. So I have to choose three things and a bonus, I think. Um, so uh, I'm definitely choosing a Linda uh, or with a wise death scene that uh, the silent exterminate out in the vacuum of space. Um, the fact that it involves Linda with a Y, who I can't choose because, well, no, I, 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 I suppose I could because Jenny chose the, the, the holding the hand out moment, but... But yeah, the fact that that scene involves Linda with a Y, played by, uh, look at the, I go, Linda with a Y, Linda with a Y, that's how we know her. Uh, it's little touches like that, actually, that that, that are part of the genius. Um, 
the fact that she's played so brilliantly by Joe Joyner, the fact that she seemed unkillable, the, the, the fact that she's been doing that her role in the episode is so useful uh, in, on so many different levels and the fact that she dies and the fact that the Dalek is silent, the fact that the, you see the glass shatter and the air, it's, I mean, it's superbly, superbly rendered, uh, I would say. Um, that, um, I also would, uh, I think I probably, I probably have to choose all those Daleks, I suppose I do love that, that, that way that the midriff, the, the, the Daleks facing the other way and then its head turns and its midriff turns, which is a genius moment. But, but, but I think all of that Daleks in space and the Dalek spaceship stuff is really, really brilliantly done uh, and, and so exciting. Um, uh, and I also will choose... Um, well, I mean, I suppose it's difficult. Am I allowed to choose? Am I allowed to choose the doctor, or do I choose a doctor moment? Yeah. Ah, no. Yeah, the the turning to yeah, the, what what everybody else has chosen. The the. I mean, Eccleston is so good, and I I was almost I nearly chose the bit where he has the he has the big big a bit of air duct or whatever in his hand and he looks at it with with sort of inept hope because <laughs> it's a great piece of comedy uh but the bit where he turns where the hologram turns which makes no actual logical sense apart from it's absolutely right and it and it's uh, and, and yeah why wouldn't he know that he was there and the camera it doesn't matter it's and the fact that he's in black and white and the fact that it's shimmering but yeah that moment where he turns around oh uh, and but in that i also you know i'm acknowledging christopher eccleston for, for for the brilliant work uh that he uh did uh as as doctor who uh and I think my overall, my bonus thing, I, I've got to mention Joe Ahern, who was such an important director that first year, never returned to the show. Um, uh, and I think gave it a lot of its guts and a lot of its drive and, 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 and brought some real credibility to it because he, he came with with uh, uh, credentials and experience. Uh, and I like his series Ultraviolet, actually. Um, do check that out. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, I'd have liked to have seen that develop because I think, uh, it's you know, it's it's... It's not it's not perfect by any means, but um, I think had it had it had a longer life, I think it would have grown into something really, really interesting. And I still still think it stands as a interesting piece of study. Anyway, I can do talk about ultraviolet uh, later. Um, but I think Joe Ahern and, and, and that ties in with all that, all that, all the battle scenes and the, the machine guns. I mean, me saying that I like the director is partially me saying I like the machine guns. But I think all of that action stuff he orchestrates so brilliantly. And remember, he's only got. Uh, he's got far fewer Daleks. Is it four, three or four uh, than those that we see? So all of that is done, you know, painstakingly and in stages, and uh, and it and it looks it looks a million dollars. It looks, and even now, I think some of the CGI now we can see the joins where perhaps I perhaps couldn't, you know, whatever it is, fifteen years ago, but um, but but barely, uh, and it doesn't matter. But but I only say that because if if you can see the joins, uh, I I don't think we could i don't think i did 15 years ago it looked incredible 
um, and it moved at such a pace and it's got such an atmosphere and I think it I think it's tonally the way it juggles action adventure romance romance Doctor Who is romance um, which works uh, without making it about so soapy relationships because I don't think it is I think it works at a, 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 a it works on a on a higher level than that um it's really good it's really good i really enjoyed revisiting uh that uh, even though i was quite pernickety but I, as i say i think it's because i i have to be whilst i'm i'm accentuating the positive i i think i worry about seeming like a crawler oddly i don't worry about it with old who but I worry about seeming... Why do I worry about what people think? Because I do all the time. Um, anyway, let's not get into that. Um, but, yeah, the idea that because, I guess, Russell T. Davis and Phil Collinson are out there and they're working, it's like, oh, he's just sucking up to those people who work in telly. No, I'm not. I'm genuinely not. I uh, uh, I, I genuinely think uh, it's superb television. Um, uh, and I think... So, so yeah so maybe that's why i occasionally am pernickety because i uh, i worry about seeming obsequious um and i should stop worrying uh anyway no you shouldn't said somebody what does jenny think parting of the ways okay toby so here's my choices for parting of the ways first one the tardis materializing round the rose and the dalek gardener um, and after destroying the Dalek and the TARDIS, the Doctor remembers the Time War, and this is the moment that I wanted to sort of talk about. It goes really serious, and he just says, I was there. The war between the Daleks and the Time Lords, with the whole of creation at stake. My people were destroyed, but they took the Daleks with them. I almost thought it was worth it. Now it turns out they died for nothing. So that is just one of those moments where you can see in his eyes, why, you know, Christopher Eccles is such a good actor because you believed him completely that he was seeing the Time War. He was seeing everything that happened, the devastation, and why did the Time Lords have to die, you know, for nothing if the Daleks were there? So that's my first choice. Oh, that's a good choice and brilliantly put as well, much more eloquently than I was. And I was talking a bit through that bit and I'd forgotten, of course, um, I need to write these things down because I do love the bit where, he, where the Daleks back off when he yells at them. That is a very good bit. Maybe if I'd thought about it, I would have chosen that instead of the the CGI Daleks in space. But I like the CGI Daleks in space. I don't care. I don't care. But yeah, I could have easily chosen that. But I'm glad Jenny did because she um, she put very well um, why it works. Um, my second choice is where the Daleks begin to cut through the door um, with a torch as Linda watches um, the sparks, you know, materialise on the other side of the door. And then more Daleks rise outside the observation window. Um, and she just she just knows that this is the end, this is it. And the Daleks shut the glass and it exposes Linda to the vacuum of space and it just kills her. And you can just hear a scream. The doctor hears a scream over the communicator and you think, how could that happen? He, you know, and he, he couldn't save her and he knew it. And I did not want her to die. I wanted her to be a companion. So that was a bit of a moment for me. I didn't want a Linda with a Y to go. <laughs> so that's the second one. Oh, so uh, we've, I've got a point because uh, Jenny and I chose the same thing. Well, a rare victory for me there. 
I think it will probably be short-lived. Um, third one. Rose is revealed as the TARDIS doors fly open, bathing the room in the light of the vortex. Um, she's just seen more than anyone should ever see in the universe. And the Doctor's just horrified. You can see he's just totally horrified by it. Um, and the Emperor Dalek just says, you can't hurt me, I'm immortal. And Rose just says, you're tiny. I can see the whole of time and space, every single atom of your existence, and I divide them. And she disintegrates the Dalek, just saying, everything must come to dust, all things, everything dies. What a moment. <laughs> you know, you're thinking to yourself, her eyes are just yellow and she's just absorbed everything. And you're thinking, how can she possibly survive that? How, you know, she'd just be a total mess, wouldn't she? So, um, yeah, that's that's my next moment. <laughs> I love the way Jen has explained that because I, I, I am slightly reserved about the the godlike thing. Um, you know, I was... Uh, uh, yeah, um, things that seem slightly magical, uh, I always take a slight step back from... Even if maybe she just stepped out and gone, I, I have been augmented by tachyonics. I'd have gone, that's, I don't know what tachyonics is, but do you know what I mean? I'd have, yeah. So I, I'm, but that's just a personal taste thing. I'm slightly uh, less moved. I'm slightly ambivalent about sort of godlike ethereal stuff and bathed in light and all of that, which seems a bit fantastical to me, even though, as I've just explained, I think it I think it earns it and I think it does it well. And I actually think Jenny has advocated for it far more effectively and, and made me maybe reconsider a little bit because that idea of, yes, the puffed up Dalek um, and, 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 you know, the great, powerful, baddie alien thing being actually in time a speck of dust uh, is an extraordinarily powerful thing. And a very important message as well that puts, you know, everybody in their place a little bit. Every puffed up megalomaniac, every bully, every uh, and also, you know, says to us about, you know, don't 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 sweat the small stuff because, you know, enjoy the bigger picture sometimes because because, uh, you know, there's because everything's so much so much bigger and so much better as a Doctor Who character says a little bit later. So, yeah, thanks, Jenny. You've you've made me sort of, yeah, I I think your advocacy um, plays to what that's really about rather than perhaps what my preconceptions and my pre-programming uh, receives that as. Yeah, good. And the bonus moment is obviously, I've got to choose this, it's got to be the regeneration scene. So, you know, the, the doctor's speech rose before I go. I just want to tell you, you were fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And do you know what? So was I. What a moment. It would have been the perfect ending if the series had come to its final moments. That that message is just glorious. So those are my moments. And thank you for asking me, Toby. Loved it. <laughs> take care. Oh, take care, Jenny. Isn't uh, Jenny fantastic? Um follow her jenny at blue box 99 uh online uh in a in a world i mean doctor who fandom is full of um you know men of a certain age who are cynical smart asses hello um uh and it's also full of some quite young angry people as well i think <laughs> also some very very creative and lovely young people too but um i i never fail to uh be enthused and just happy um, whenever Jenny posts anything because she is her enthusiasm is unfettered uh, I don't think she's got a cynical bone in her body um, uh, and uh, I, I think she 
She leads by example by conducting herself in a in a joyous, kind, celebratory, uh, and enthusiastic way. Uh, and uh, I I wish I was more consistently like that. Which is why I asked her to do this because I knew she would uh, she would inject exactly the right uh, air of positivity into it. And I'm grateful to her for doing it. Um, so do follow Jenny at Blue Box Ninety Nine on Twitter. <laughs> He's also very kindly said that I could plug a few things. So I love writing and I've written for a charity book called The Curse of Fanfic and that's available via Obverse Books. On Twitter it's at Obverse Books and it's raising money for Parkinson's UK so well worth a look at that. Um, the Minister of Chance is also an audio drama that I was involved in in 2013 and it's by Dan Freeman and the weekly episodes are available on a free podcast if you want to have a look at that. So that's at the Minister of Chance and at Sage of the Waves. That's Dan Freeman's Twitter account if you want to follow him. It's well worth following. And there's also an audio drama coming out called Dark Dimension. So that's hashtag Dark Dimension on Twitter. Well worth a look. It's a spin-off of Doctor Who. And there's lots of like people involved in that that's on Twitter and it's just going to be good fun, so it's well worth a look. So those are my plugs. So thank you, Toby. Um, gosh, being a Doctor Who fan at that time was amazing. Um, I still thrill to the transformation in just how I felt about life, actually, over that that. 13 weeks I mean yes there was the excitement building up and it was terribly exciting all of that so it's more than that 13 weeks but that series unfolding um oh my god I remember cycling to the comedy store and thinking I better not come off my bike tonight because I don't want to because because I don't want to miss doctor <laughs> I don't want to miss doctor who um I I, I just felt that everything was everything was sort of happening right um uh, uh and and this this promised that this wasn't going to be a one-off the series was hugely successful um it had, had a couple of stumbling blocks notably the, the the exit of its leading man but they said oh no 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 this was fantastic but there's more to come and by goodness there's been plenty more and what a ride it's been uh and of course, without that series being as successful, um, I, I, I don't think I'd have done a one-man show about Doctor Who, and uh, so we wouldn't be doing this. So <laughs> I'm not saying that's a reason to celebrate it, um, but it, it it gets me to the end of this podcast. There wouldn't be there wouldn't be this without that. So that might not be one of the best things that it has spawned, but it's nonetheless. Uh, it means that, that, that those episodes uh, live on in all sorts of different ways. Well, look, um, it's time for us to part ways. Um, that has been fantastic. And I will see you next time. Take care. Thank you ever so much for listening to Happy Times and Places, which is presented by me, Toby Haydoke, and my special guest, Jenny at Blue Box 99 who can be found on Twitter at, you've guessed it, Jenny at Bluebox99. I'm grateful to her and to the patrons who make these podcasts possible, and they include Tim Arding, David, Nigel Brumley, 
Jenny at Bluebox99. She's everywhere. Paul Cook, Richard Chalk, Rob Dawson, Grant Davidson, John Deere, Chris Dunford Kelk, Paul Dunn, Jason Gorman, Siobhan Galichon, Chris Hyam, Ian Key, Joe Llewellyn, Ian K. McLachlan, Gavin McLean, Philip Marsh, Nathan Martin, Kevin Murdoch, Graham Knott, Adam Parker, Barry Platt, Risto Matti Sorillo, Frank Shales, David Trainier, Peter Adamson, Andrew and Lisa, Kat Armitage, John Arnold, Kevin Ashelford, Lute Atkins, and James Bell. The music is by David Gates and the artwork by Dylan Patterson. If you would like to add your name to those names, you can do so by becoming a patron of Toby Haydock's Time Travels. Patrons get three releases a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Oh, and a bonus one on Tuesdays that I haven't counted there because it's pictures of my dog. But actually, they are more popular amongst some people than anything that I produce. And all he does is look at a camera and scamper about. But there we go. Uh, But no, the main attraction supposedly is uh, advanced releases of Happy Times and Places. You get these six months ahead of the general public uh, and also of Too Much Information and Indefinable Magic, which are generally a month in advance. They've got a slightly less regular release pattern depending on my work, inclination, um, inspiration, and all sorts of other factors that were I working for a corporation that uh, uh, had an infrastructure and a regular wage, I would be perhaps uh, more able to uh, timetable myself effectively. But uh, as it's me at home doing what I can, uh, it's a bit topsy-turvy. However, I do make sure patrons get three releases a week. And as I say, you are still in advance for indefinable magic and far too much information. Uh, no, I'm sorry, too much information, far too much information. I'm getting my head of us myself. If you've never heard of that, it's because you're not a patron because that is a patron exclusive podcast. So far too much information is for patrons only as our monthly AMAs and various other little bits and bobs so that's uh, patreon.com forward slash toby Haydock for as little as three pounds a month tears go all the way up to oh a gazillion I've, they don't but i mean if you were you know i'm not going to let uh, protocol stop me from getting a gazillion pounds should that be the amount you want to pay me by monthly my goodness you must be doing well uh, but uh, you go all the way up to different tiers but they even the, the lowest tier gets all of the audio and video content all the stuff uh, there are funny little other bits and bobs as you go up but not much it's pretty much you know pay what you can and you get you get you know anything that's really of any any value at that lowest tier uh, and you get 10 percent off even the lowest tier if you sign up for a year in one go uh, and uh, yeah so that's uh, so so I've, I've, I've got you for 12 months but uh, you get 10 percent off that so two months are effectively free really uh, and if you can't do that or don't want to, you know, don't fancy a monthly commitment thing or, you know, first strings are tight because we're in the grip of a recession and the world is going mad and everything's rotten. Um, I'm well aware of that, which is why I try to be positive on these things. Least I can do is inject a little bit of positivity into uh, what's coming into your ears. Um, you can go to ko-fi.com forward slash and that's a way of just chucking some pennies into my hat as you stroll past it's it's like a tip you, you don't uh, sadly get any bonuses for that apart from you know my gratitude uh, and uh, yeah i really am very grateful it's a strange way of doing things these days where people like me have to sort of come cap in hand uh, and it believe me i do feel very awkward doing it but i hope i'm making stuff that people like and uh, the uh, 
you know, the entertainment landscape uh, means that uh, you know there are little there are little islands where I can uh, I can do whatever this is, and there are some people that want it. And if you're among those people, I am very very grateful to you for listening. So. And I expect nothing, you know, if uh, if if you're listening and these give you joy, then I am delighted. But if they do give you joy, maybe you could go to iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, anywhere online where you can rate these five stars. And please do so and maybe leave a couple of lines of review that really helps these to be made visible and to make other people who might not be aware of Toby Haydock's time travels. And uh, if you could like and subscribe, I, I don't even know how you do that but if if you could do that that all helps uh, you know tweak my algorithms so they're lovely and pert you can follow me on social media on twitter at toby haydock t-o-b-y-h-a-d-o-k-e and these podcasts have their own feed which is free from all my other interests with, with there aren't many but you know plugging of comedy gigs and making the occasional pithy comment uh, at Haydoke Podcasts. That's just stuff uh, about these particular releases. And I have a Facebook page. It's a, I hate the word fan page. That's two words. I hate the word, I, I mean, both words are fine on their own, but uh, uh, when used together and applied to me, I find it a little bit awkward, but it's simply a way of me having a presence on Facebook because I was getting so many people asking to be friends on my personal page. I've set up a fan page, uh, which which is still managed by me. I don't have people, but it means that I can separate work from home stuff, which I think is healthy and right and proper. So if you don't know me, but you want to know about my work and want to follow the stuff that I'm doing, uh, yeah, please like, follow, whatever it is you do, drool on <laughs> my fan page on Facebook as well. Well, obviously, let's not ignore the fact that at the beginning of this I had to draw attention to the fact that uh, a couple of the cast members of this story um, have been through the newspapers since I recorded the main part of the commentary, and, you know, not for great reasons. I'm not going to comment further on that, but also, but it's, it's, it's interesting to note how quickly, you know, our view in the context of Doctor Who stories and the people in them change because also, of course, whilst I was commentating on this particular story, which was, I think, during the lockdown, uh, Russell T. Davis was nowhere near, as far as anybody knew, coming back to Doctor Who. I think he he actually was in terms of real life, but he wasn't telling anybody or or any of you know any of the great unwashed like like me and anybody I know. Um, but yes, the idea that, that Russell would be coming back to Doctor Who, if you'd even mooted it then, I'd have gone, oh, you're absolutely mad. That's the, that's, you know, that's like when uh, the tabloids go, Billy Piper is the next Doctor. Because basically they hear Doctor Who, they want to write a story, and they go, uh, who's who's associated with Doctor Who? Yes, Billy Piper, she'll be Doctor Who. Um, I, it's a bit like, actually, when Doctor Who comes back and there's a character in it called Rose, and people automatically goes, well, that must be Rose Tyler, because nobody else could possibly be have the same Christian name as somebody else anywhere ever <laughs> anyway uh, yes yeah, so um, how exciting that as I record this uh, Russell T Davis is coming back to Doctor Who um, uh, which uh, maybe hopefully this this podcast has whetted your appetite for I'm certainly very very excited 
Uh, I didn't, uh, as I say, it wasn't something I'd ever even considered. But during lockdown, watching a lot of those Russell T Davis episodes again, I got hugely nostalgic. And I think I felt, uh, well, no, because I loved Doctor Who at the time. But I, I, looking back, it was like, I, I don't think we realised just how good we'd got it, even though. It was amazing and wonderful being a Doctor Who fan. But that's what nostalgia does. We did realise at the time how good it was. Doctor Who was riding high and it was great to be a Doctor Who fan and it was so terribly, terribly exciting. But I think there's a possibility for that to happen again, even though the televisual landscape is very different. And I think these joys and all that excitement and all those opportunities will manifest themselves in different ways. All I'm saying is it's I'm recording this on a wet afternoon when I was going to be in the garden getting a bit of exercise and getting some oxygen into my lungs, but the rain is pouring, it's a bit dreary, but but I have a song in my heart and a spring in my step because Doctor Who is, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, for, for, a, for a show that, you know, obviously Parting of the Ways, Bad Wolf, it was, it was the end of, you know, that, that first surge of reinvigoration and, uh, you know, starting from scratch and, oh gosh, you know, all of that excitement but of course you know nearly 20 years in uh you know we're spoilt and a lot of that initial excitement has worn off and familiarity breeds contempt and we don't know how lucky we are and you know all of those things well it, it seems to me it feels to me like uh, spring is in the air it is outside as i record this spring is in the air and uh the green shoots of Doctor Who are visible and uh, I cannot wait to see it bloom once more.